everyone and welcome back to Real Romance. This is episode 3 of season 3 and I am your host Robert also known as Bamfing Bob and with me as always is my lovely wife Brittany. Hi! And we're back around to the Couch Potato episode which goes over all the stuff that we streamed over the past month. Even though it's a month late. Not a month late, a week late. Right, because we uh... We were going to put it out last week, except for WandaVision. We were one episode short, and we wanted to make sure that we included all of the uh, Maximoff goodness yeah. on this episode. We felt it would be a disservice to not have the last episode. Right, because can you imagine us having, like, eight, eight of the nine episodes, and then airing it the day, the ninth, and we would just be behind, right? It's not worth it to us. We basically came up with a plan for um, Falcon and Winter Soldier... We're going to wait until it's all done before we include it on the podcast. Right, and so I think that'll end up being, like, episode 7 or something. It'll be the May episode. Right. And then after that, we'll wait for Loki to end, and I think that's a May show, so that might come down in May or June. How would it come down in May, if it's a May show? I don't know. It'd be July. I, math is not my strong suit. I thought it was. Oh, yeah. Calendars are not my strong suit. <laughs> And days are different than, like, numbers. So, um, what did we have for this last month? What did we watch? Um, I mean, we watched a bunch of stuff. So, we watched a few documentaries, and we watched, uh, something called Little Kenny. Little Kenny is, like, a cartoon prequel to Letter Kenny, which right. we talked about a couple episodes ago. Yeah, it's kind of like a little, little animated thing. It's cute. It's not as funny as, as Letter Kenny. Yeah. But it, it was really cute, and they're real short, and it took less, like, less than, around an hour to binge the whole thing. I think it actually took less than that. Like, this is literally all we're going to talk about, Little Kenny, because what else is there to say? It's I mean, like a smaller version of, of Letter Kenny. Yeah. I, I wish they'd kind of use their original voices as the cartoon characters. Well, they're, car they're kids. Well, I he can still raise his voice like this. Right, he, they can make it work. They, that's what they did. Those are the same actors. No, it wasn't. I swear to you it is. Yes, it's the same actors, you dummy. Sorry. I guess you just can't... I can't tell. Maybe they uh, they squeaked it higher like they do on South Park. They're gonna make their voices higher, he says. And But except they didn't, and they weren't the real actors. And then I told him it was true, and he said, no, it isn't. It don't sound the same. They don't sound the I same. I think the reason they did it like that as a little cartoon was because people were asking, like, well, how did they meet? Why are they friends? Blah, blah, blah. And they wanted to show it without um, actually, like, casting young yeah. actors. Flashbacking to a show that is arguably a bit more adult can sometimes backfire. Yeah, so. But it was cute. If you like Letterkenny, give it a check out. Like I said, it's not very it'll long. It'll take you 15, 20 minutes to knock out the whole little season of it. I, I think it was a little longer than that, but still. So, like you said, we, we did a couple of uh, documentary-type things. And do you want to kick through those before we get to our big ticket items at yeah, the end. Yeah, the other three uh, shows we watched are stuff you're definitely going to want to hear about. Yeah. Um, so we watched the Britney Spears documentary on Hulu and yes, technically it's kind of a movie but it was a little short for a movie and we're really moving more back towards new theater, hopefully, releases for our movies. Yeah. We should have close to almost only movies, but... Right, because, I mean... There's still Netflix movies coming out and stuff like that and we're still going to include those, but... Take into account that we have seen three movies in the last week and, week a, half. and a half, right? We, we saw Ryan the Last Dragon, we saw... Chaos uh, Walking. And, and then we saw that kids Tom and movie. Jerry. Yeah. So, it's not like there isn't Content. movies now to watch that come out in theaters. Or, so, 
stream online at home. Like, it all depends on what your, your state offers. Level. Yeah. Um, so, Britney Spears' documentary was basically about her and this controversy around... Um, basically, her father is in charge of her estate. Yeah, long story short, as we all know that Britney Spears kind of uh, had a mental breakdown in the mid-2000s, all because of uh, things that were happening with the paparazzi and with her. She had two kids with Kevin Federline. She was in the media frenzy, right? So she couldn't get out of this loop of they think she's a bad mom, so they take more pictures, and because they take more pictures, she's a bad mom, right? Right, and so... What come what it came down to was they decided that she needed a conservatorship, but she wanted someone unrelated to her to do right, it. Right, someone who she could trust, someone who had her best interest at heart, and instead they chose her dad, who had been, by and large, out of the picture. For a long time. Yeah, her mom really kind of ran the estate. Why, why did he get it? Did it ever explain it? What Did he lawyer up good, or what was I it? I guess. It didn't really say much. It didn't really delve that much into why he was... I guess they just thought, oh, well, he stepped up and... Yeah, he is the Spears patriarch. He has two kids in show business. Probably, Obviously, he knows what he's doing. Honestly, it was probably the patriarchy at work being sexist all over again. Yeah, you can't put a woman in charge of another woman because that's just crazy. Well, I don't think Brittany wanted her mom to be in charge. No, she, she probably wanted her family friend or some uh, business associate like her... Well, maybe not her manager, but you know what I mean. Like, like the, a bank. You can have a bank as your conservator. And that's what her battle currently is, is she is trying to get her father out of her conservatorship. She's not even trying to get it taken off, despite right. the fact that she seems like she's a lot more competent now. Because once once the whole media frenzy backed down and after the whole head shaving and, and you know, car beating with a baseball bat happened, or what's an umbrella? I, I forget. Umbrella. Okay. But she, she essentially lost her cookies on on full display and To be fair. To be fair. The paparazzi was stalking her to her Kevin Federline's house where she was trying to see her kids. Yeah. So she was already stressed out and then Kevin wouldn't let her see her kids, which upset her more, and then the paparazzi was harassing her and she just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, she had a mental breakdown and I would too. I think anybody would with that amount I of really stress. feel like the media did her a disservice, and it covered that in the documentary. Mm-hmm. And it talked... There was a guy who was like, I wouldn't give it up, right? Like, that I did nothing the, wrong. That was the same guy that took the photo of her. Yeah, like, he's the one who's doing it, and then he's like, oh, no, we, we had a great relationship. Like, all right, douchebag. No, you didn't, but like, okay. Like, for real, you're the reason for it. But so after Dad took over, things seemed to go a lot better, right? She got this huge show at Las Vegas. She... Made a lot more albums and music videos. She won awards. And yet she's still under this conservatorship like she's an invalid old lady or something. Yeah, and the documentary was really talking about fans supporting her and how the media was horrible to her despite the fact that she didn't deserve it. And I hope something changes for her. And it was a good documentary. I felt like it was non-biased. I don't know. It, it seemed like it covered a lot of the basics. It didn't, like, delve... It, it wasn't super long. It didn't delve into what I'm sure is very complicated. And I'll just say that uh, her fans go deep. Like, there's a huge media thing. There was a podcast all about Britney's Instagram, and that's how they kind of knew that she was hurting. It just really shows how the media can be a good thing, but also it can really hurt. Yeah, because, I mean, like, everything from, uh, so like, you know, politics, entertainment, 
you know, even family affairs. Like, we've had social media mess with our personal lives. Yeah. You know? It can mess with your job opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, it can mess with the law. I watched a show of, like, media by tri- or trial by media, and, like, it basically talks about how some people can get off if they have, you know, good press around them. Yeah. And it kind of makes you think, you know, is the media a good thing? I mean, O.J. Simpson. Yeah. That was a media circus. That was back when they used to allow uh, cameras, cameras in, in court the courtrooms. Rooms. Yeah. Let's see. Next on the list, uh, did we already talk about history of swear words in the last one? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure we didn't because I wanted to touch on that. Mm-hmm. Long story short, on Netflix, there's a six-part kind of documentary. Mm-hmm. It's more of a little kind of expose of the history of swear words. Roll credits. Um, Nicholas Cage is the host. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to see him doing more things. Because he's awesome, and if you tune into the last episode, you know that we saw him in two different movies, right? We saw him in Willy's Wonderland, and he was also in, um... Color of Space. Yeah, right, and so we, we've we kind of been having a Nicolas Cage, uh, binge fest a little bit, but the history of swear words, essentially they pull together a lot of both uh, linguistic historians and... People who are notorious for using swear words, whether those be uh, comedians, actors, um, social media people, and they just they talk about bitch and fuck and shit and damn. But it's really interesting. It talks about you know the history of where the word started, what it originally means, like the level of usability of each word, like mm-hmm. what they mean now, how how they're used in society now, and how like you. When they were developed, they weren't originally swear words, but over time they became more uh, taboo and cursed words. And what, you know, what their their origins are. It's the origin story of each swear word. And one day, we'll have new swear words. And there's some that are like soft swear words. Like, people don't really think of bastards as a swear word very much, but if you call they somebody a bastard, it's a swear. They right? didn't, um, they used to mean a lot more. They don't, they didn't talk about bastard in the documentary. Right, but, but, but there's some words that even though, like, fuck is a bad word, and you don't want to say fuck or shit or anything at Sunday school, like, there are some words that they did not touch on this thing. Like, there are some words that you just don't say. Those are for season two. Oh, really? No. You, you mean the N word well, is what you mean. not necessarily, I mean. You mean slurs. Swear words are different than slurs. True. Well, I, w- I was also thinking of the C word, right? Like, this, it ra- rhymes with bunt. Well, like, that's know, a pretty bad one. You know, in one. other countries, that word isn't as bad as it is here. True, but that's because, you know, per where you live, some swear words hold more meaning. In America, uh, there's a slur word for gays, but in Britain, that same word means cigarettes. cigarettes. And I could see how that could be really confusing. And in Australia, they say the C word a lot. There are certain, there's just certain words, but yeah, slur, racial slurs are different, and that's not something we like that they should cover, because no one needs to know the history of a racial slur. Right? Because I mean, like, obviously the R word. I mean, you do need to know the history, but it shouldn't be on a Netflix show, is what I'm saying. Right? Like, for example, I'll use a soft one, like you know, like midget has a history. It's not necessarily like. A swear word. A swear word, but it's something that you don't use in normal language. You, you because don't it becomes... stub your toe and scream the word midget. I mean, like... un- unless you stubbed your toe on a midget, in which case that would be applicable. You're not funny. <laughs> man, I'm, I'm going to H-E double hockey sticks, man. That was that was bad. I, I apologize to anybody who may have been offended by that, that bad joke. Okay, so uh, 
Yeah, hopefully there's a season two and they cover uh, more words. Because I'd like to know the history of certain words. Yeah, but I, I agree. Let's leave the slurs out of the equation. We ain't need to be talking about the history of Cracker. Cracker Barrel, I'm just saying. <laughs> I know it's not. I know it's not because there's like a history behind the words Cracker Barrel, but... Listen, <laughs> this was funny. So... We were talking about where they came from, and I was like, it's because crackers used to come in barrels. And he goes, no, it isn't. It's Because I read a Twitter thing, and they were saying, well, that's because they held their whips in barrels, and, and whips make the crack sound, and so the one holding the whip is the cracker, and it goes back to slavery, the, the whip holders are the crackers. And, oh, ha, ha. And we Googled that, and that's not real. Totally lie. Like It's because crackers used to come. In barrels. But then why are white folks called crackers? Because they bland. But also they crack whips. This is true. But the term cracker didn't come around. Like, it's, no. It's because people don't, white people don't know how to season their food. Yeah. I mean, don't be saltine, okay? Moving on. Mm. One of the other documentaries we watched was a show called Alien Worlds. Which is, uh half documentary like let's be honest it wasn't a true documentary it it was a documentary in the sense so basically the concept is is talking about how there are likely other worlds out there with life on it what would they be like so they took parts of our environment that you know that we know about and we're like well what would it be like if the planet had this aspect like there was one that was like really oxygen rich Right, it was the air was especially dense, right? And so what would that be like? Uh, there was another one. There was like lava everywhere, right? You just you're making this stuff up. I could have sworn there was no lava planet. No, I I think no. I'm I'm thinking of the oxygen episode. Remember where they went to that place where the the air was especially hot, like near a certain area. You're mixing all the episodes together, my darling. The oxygen area was the third episode. Where they had the weird rabbity things. That was the weird oxygen one? Because And that's why so much fungus grew. Gotcha. There's only four episodes and I can't believe I can't like keep any of them straight. There was one that had a, a dense air and yeah. like they couldn't... And that was the first one. And then the second one was the extreme temperatures because of the sun placement. Right. And like the, it, the earth didn't, like, it didn't turn rotate. on its axis. So one side was extremely hot. And the other side was extremely cold. And there were these weird spidery things. They, no, they had five legs and they they had like ten eyes and it was awful. What was the grossest creature to you? I think that was it. No, I'll tell you what the grossest one to me. The one that didn't have any bones. Oh, You yeah. remember? It was I, literally like this blob that just rolled around and everything it rolled onto it ate. That's me. That was the, I am it. <laughs> it was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Well, thank you, honey. You're welcome. I said, it's me. And you're like, it's disgusting. <laughs> One of yous took a shit. And I'm like, I'm shit. Please don't hate me. It was gross, though. It was pretty, uh, really gross. But, but it, it was fascinating because it talked about, you know, what are, when are we going to find these? Are there other intelligent beings out there? And one one of the main things is in the fourth episode that doesn't even deal with like aliens. Like they were, but they weren't. It it dealt more about like dying planets and harnessing solar power to you know keep a planet alive. It was about what's going to happen to us when they the robot hidden. robots taking over. Basically, all the creatures on the last planet were just like 
a mind in a jar, essentially. Yeah, there was a consciousness they run each, by machines. Each had their own consciousness, but they also were all connected to each other, like a hive mind. Yeah, like a grid. And then robots took care of them. No, but they used an analogy, and they're like, look, this ocean is giant, and if you throw a gallon bucket into the ocean and pull it out, chances are you're not going to gra- grab anything. Well, that's kind of what it's like looking out into the cosmos and trying to find life. You know, we look at all these places and there's really nothing there. But that's because we haven't, you know, stumbled upon the the right planet or the, the right, right area. Gallon. It could be a hundred, you know, thousand light years away and you wouldn't be able to I mean, but, grab it. But there's aliens already. I'm telling you, aliens is here. No. Babe, literally the military admitted that they're aliens last year. Jeez, that was 2020. They were just trying to take the heat off off of COVID. So they're like, fuck it, murder hornets and aliens, blah, blah, blah. They put out videos of UFOs. They're already... There's also videos of Bigfoot, and you say he don't exist. Okay, but these were official military-sanctioned videos. These weren't crackhead in the woods taking pictures of a man in a gorilla suit, Robert. You don't know they were crackheads. Okay, maybe they were into meth. Okay. I don't know. I don't know every... Very reputable drug dealers with, with Polaroids. I don't okay. know. Okay. Why are cryptid photos always the most garbage photos? I understand back in the day, but we have current photos taken in the last... No. Have you noticed that recently there aren't any really good cryptid photos? Because they're harder to fake. Like, you can look at how fake they are because they're in 4K, right? You zoom in and you're like... That's a seam. <laughs> this is a fun costume and you know it. Well, you know the guy that uh, created the original Nessie photo came out and was like, yeah, that was fake. Yeah, well. You're just mad because Bigfoot ain't real. I'm, I'm mad because you're saying aliens are real. The guy, the uh, literal scientist in the episode. I need to meet, no, I need to meet an alien. Give give me a one-on-one with E.T. and I'll admit, you, absolutely. You tell me that aliens don't exist, but the literal doctors of science said that the chances of alien not existing are, are z- slim to none. I'm just saying they hadn't come here to visit our diner. How do you know? This is my theory. How do I know you're not an alien? I might be. You don't know me. Mm, well, I thought I knew you, but now I'm having second thoughts. Listen. Oh my god, the fucking light in the kitchen is just spazzed out like a fucking ghost. If you're a... I don't want to die. It's going to kill us. Maybe it's an alien. Are you an alien? Y'all, the light just spazzed out in the kitchen. Sorry, that was loud. Yeah, well, you were... You, no, you, you pissed off the spirits. It literally started doing it like crazy. What, what, if, what if ghosts are aliens? What if this whole time what we think are ghosts are really aliens? Interesting theory. Okay, but then how? why they always dress from the 1800s? Because that's when they got here. Stop. I'm a scared now. Uh, 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 we solved it. Ghosts are aliens. Is that true? Make the light flicker again. It won't go. I'd fucking die if that light starts flickering again. Do I need to turn it off? Maybe, yeah. Alright. Back to our previously scheduled program. Alright, but, but the point stands is that real life is probably out there. And at some point in society, we will find signs of life outside of earth y'all i'm shook this is not a scary podcast i listen to scary podcasts and that stuff happens sometimes but this is a movie podcast it's not like something flew off the shelf it's a it's a flickering light bulb that happened last time we weren't doing a podcast when that happened no we were watching a scary movie where stuff fly off the shelf and then something flew off the shelf so the next show we watched that's like our last documentary type was called high score 
So the show has six episodes, and it goes through kind of the history of the beginning of uh, home consoles and all of that from arcades into the modern day. So, like, at the beginning it talks about Atari and Space Invaders and Pac-Man, and then it moves on to Nintendo and the NES mm-hmm. and the rise of, like, Donkey Kong. Then there's kind of, like, a mid-episode with uh, role-playing games and text to... Not text-to-speech, but, like, text-based role-playing computer right. games. It's kind of like the Dungeons & Dragons. The fourth episode is all about Sega Genesis and how Sonic was created essentially to kick the shit out of Mario mm-hmm. and how it's it was 30 well it was 16 bit right it's 16 bit graphics rivaled the NES before Super Nintendo came out with or Nintendo came out with the Super Nintendo which was 64 and then they were competitive and on the same level and then it also talked about EA Sports and Madden and then in 5 they talked about fighting games they used to talk about Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and then it really started talking about the rating system and how that was developed because Mortal Kombat was like bloody AF. Yeah, and there was a another game called House Trap, I think. God, I want to play it. It looks so bad. It, it's essentially like a uh, choose your own adventure with little video clips, so and they, there's these terrible. They started off as like vampires, but it was made by Hasbro initially, and Hasbro was like. Well, initially they were just intruders, right? Right, and they were going to have, like, knives and guns, and they're like, no, this can't be reproducible by anybody at home. You have to have it be, like, supernatural somehow. So they were like, well, how about vampires? And they were like, sure, well, they can't bite anybody. <laughs> and they, they can't be fast, and they can't be strong. So but, how are they going to suck blood out of people? So essentially they turn into, like, these shambling goons called uh, asters or uh, augers. Augers. They're, they're these shambling things, and they have this machine that essentially clasps around the victim's neck and, and sucks the blood out. And draws out. blood out into these, like, tanks. It's horrifying looking. Yeah, it's so much scarier than, like, I'm gonna bite ya. I'm just saying, but Hasbro ended up dropping it anyway, and then someone else picked it up later. Yeah, and they re-released it. No, also, oh. another side note, uh, I didn't realize this growing up, but there was a, a game called Fighter's History <laughs> that my mom got me, and I thought, I always thought that it was Street Fighter, but it's not, it's just so eerily close to Street Fighter and I found out in this, not in this episode, but because of this episode, that there was actually a lawsuit with Fighter's History against um, Street Fighter saying that it was copyright infringement. And Fighter's History won because it's all about proof of concept. And so even though they were like exactly the same, they won. And so I, I played this ripoff. W- this ripoff game and I always thought it was Street Fighter. But then the last episode talks about online gaming. And the emergence of multiplayer computer games. And 3D. Yeah, like uh, Wolfenstein, which I also played as a kid on my PC. Star Fox. Moving away from side-scrollers into a world that it felt like you could be in the game. Right, because pretty much everything was a side-scroller or a racing game. Right? Like, there wasn't a whole lot of open-world anything. So, that essentially left the door open for every modern game that exists now. Without any of those, you know, breakthroughs, we wouldn't have modern, you know, Call of Duty. If you didn't have Wolfenstein, you wouldn't have Call of Duty because they figured out how... Right, because graphics got better and controls got more complicated and all the things that have happened in video gaming, even like VR, the idea of being in the situation, it all spawns from something as simple as Space Invaders. Right. It all grows on itself. So it was a really fun documentary series for me. 
let's move on from that. Let's talk about something fun. What about Bonding? Bonding is also a show on Netflix. We spent a lot of time on Netflix this month. It was it was a Netflix heavy month. I mean, most months are Netflix heavy, if I'm being honest. But Bonding is a show that is about this pair of people. Um, there's a girl and a guy. Well, you have Mistress May and Master uh, Carter. Carter, even though that's not their real names, because they go out and they are dominatrixes. Tiff is a dominatrix, and she's like, hey, Pete, I got an opportunity for you to make some money. And he comes along, and he she he doesn't know she's a dominatrix. And she's like, I need you to be, like, my assistant. Yeah. My, like, bodyguard, kind of, if they get too handsy. Which is hilarious, because he's, like, kind of a, a frail... Like, not frail, he's but... He's small. He's definitely not, like, bulky. And he's gay, which doesn't have anything to do with his masculinity, but he's not the fighting type. He's definitely more of a submissive personality in my he, opinion. He's trying to be a comedian. Yeah. He's a funny guy. He's not he's not a intimidating well, he's not fighter that funny. guy. Well, not at first. He gets funnier as the series goes on. But and, that's mostly because of his new uh material. And so we watched season one through two. Yeah. There's only two seasons out right now. They're not that long. Every episode's around fifteen minutes. Yeah, and there's only something like ten episodes a season. Seven. There's only seven, mm-hmm. really. So really, we kind of breezed through it, but it is a fun show. They go through all their different clients, and sometimes what's happening with their sessions directly relate to what's going on with them, and sometimes it's just completely unrelated, which makes it even funnier. I mean, it is funny, but it does talk about dominatrixing in a way that's kind of respectful. It's like, it's not all about sex. It's about, like, bonding and then getting, you know, your emotions and trauma and whatnot. People have their kinks. People have the things that make them happy. And oftentimes society does not agree with it. Like, say, if you're a furry, there's one uh, character who has a penguin fetish. There's one guy, he likes to be degraded. There's one who likes to... Uh, get tickled, another who wants to be a servant, one who likes to have their money spent, like all sorts of different ways that they are being used and it gives them gratification. Meanwhile, Tiff is also studying to be a psychologist and her idea is she wants to like take psychology and use it to make a better dominatrix, right? I mean, essentially. That's really what it is though. It's, It's, you know, increasing pleasure centers. It's getting down to the psyche of what makes people tick. So I... I see how they're related, and meanwhile, Carter is, he's trying to make it big in Hollywood as a comedian, and he stinks up the place, and he can't well, really have... Well, that's he never goes on, he, to be fair. He, yeah, to be fair. He has no good material, and after starting doing the whole dominatrix scene, he gets all these crazy stories and ideas, and he goes out in his full leather bondage get-up, and he plays a character. Right. In season two... Spoiler alert, at the end of season one, they basically take a client that they shouldn't have. They didn't vet him, and he's a crazy person. Yeah, and they go they go to his house, and he ends up... He doesn't get murdered. No, they stab him. Yeah, they do attack him, and it... it well, he did try to rape her. Yeah. He said, how much is it going to cost to do whatever I want to you? And she was like, it's not that kind of service. And he was like, well, I'm paying you, so you're going to do whatever I want. And then he tried to threaten them, and she stabbed him. And he deserved it. Master Carter would have come and helped, but he was locked in the yeah, bathroom. Yeah, the guy locked him in the bathroom. Yeah, so Pete was kind of screwed on that one. Uh, but yeah, season two kind of grows with the characters. They work together with a, a mistress who is running a class for budding dominatrixes. And Carter 
isn't, isn't doing so well. Really great. Like, well, he doesn't take it very seriously, to be fair. Right, to be fair. Because Mistress May is... She's good. She's a good dominatrix. But she, she is. Tiff is good, but she also has issues. Yeah. Like, she doesn't respect authority. She doesn't follow all the rules. And basically, the, the lady, Mistress Mira, the lady they're taking the class from, was taught Tiff everything she knows, but then Tiff ran, like, off. ran off because she just didn't want to be pushed too hard, I guess. And one of the things is it also explores their personal relationships. Like, Pete gets a boyfriend who's still uh, closeted with his friends and family, and so that's kind of rough for him. Meanwhile, Tiff has a kind of a boyfriend. They, they, they are dating, but... Tiff has issues with the words, the term boyfriend and commitment. Right. And, and so even though they met in, you know, sociology or psychology class or whatever, and they're starting to get closer, she has real connection issues based on her upbringing and what she's doing. We don't really know why she doesn't want to talk to her mom, but she doesn't. Right, and it's very hard for her to kind of open up. So uh, season two leaves you wanting more and kind of with a disconnect between the two main characters. Like, it definitely gives you room to grow either apart or together. And hopefully uh, it's fun because I love them together. It's a really fun show. It is. It's really good. It, it's definitely moving, and it has sad parts, and it has happy parts, and it's very funny. And it's sexual without being without being nude. But enough about that. I we, think the three shows that we actually need to talk about are going to take a minute. So, <laughs> we know y'all all heard of Bridgerton. Yes. You know how we know? Because it was the number one show on Netflix. It had the highest amount of viewers her first month of any Netflix show ever. Yeah. So we know y'all heard of it, at least. You may not have watched it, but you definitely heard of it. Mm-hmm. It was everywhere. It was on SNL. It was all over social media. Like, it was everywhere. Hoity-toity British sex. That's your show. And it sold. It, it absolutely sold. Julia Quinn is just like, she has to be so excited. She's the author of the novels that it's based on. And there's no way she's just not pumped out of her mind that her show's doing so and, well. And, I mean, I'm sure they changed a few things from oh, source uh, material. Oh, 100%. But the fact that her property has made such a huge impact already. Well, I follow her online, and I know she is pretty proud of it, so. I already heard, I've heard of people getting, like, Bridgerton pregnant already, like. How? It just came out. They haven't had the baby yet. Yeah, but, like, it takes a minute before you know you're pregnant. Bridgerton's been out for, like, a, a month. month and a half. Here's the deal, okay? It's it's in, I think, what, the 17th, 18th century? Hell, I don't know. Right? You know I'm not good at that. It's, it's in, like, Victorian England, right? And they're all about family's power and influence, and so the rich are very hoity-toity. They have their estates, and they dress up in their bonnets and their big gowns all the time, and they're trying to marry into good families. And so Bridgerton kind of follows three families or so, really, and they all have daughters who are trying to get married. Three families? Well, two main families, but... I'm including the Duke as well. Yeah, but he doesn't... There's no daughters there. There's no daughters there. He he has his own story. But these daughters are being gussied up for, like, the promenade and things to try to find a suitor who will then propose and there will be a marriage. It's more of a business deal. They kind of use love, but it's really a business deal based on power, size of the dowry, 
influence in society, that sort of thing. Daphne is the main character, and she has all these siblings, including an overbearing brother that almost ruins her entire chance of marrying someone good. Yeah. Then there's the Featheringtons, who are... They're in high society, but I would say a lot of people aren't their biggest fans. Mm-hmm. And they are hosting a cousin, um, and she has some other issues there for them, including the fact that they later find out she's already pregnant. Right, and so they have to get her married off ASAP, or else they're going to know that she was knocked up before marriage, and then she'll end up getting thrown out on the street, and there's, like, nothing worse than being in, you know, having a bastard child in an unwed Meanwhile, family. there is... A mystery woman named Lady Whistledown. Mm-hmm. And she's essentially the gossip queen, and she puts out this newsletter every week or whatever. You ever seen Gossip Girl? You know how there's a voice uh, played by Kristen Bell who's like ta- reading the articles online? This is their version of that. Only Julie Andrews reads mm-hmm. a newsletter because they don't have the internet. And she talks about all the scandalous happenings. Mary Poppins pours the tea. She poured the hot tea, too. For real. Talking about all the scandals, all the, all the big things that are happening. Some weeks she pours tea and crumpets. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. That's, that's some British shit right there. Daphne and the Duke, Simon, meet and they hate each other. Right, and Simon is actually uh, Daphne's overbearing brother's friend from college. Yeah, university. Right. So they know each other. They call it university in Britain. Okay. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> I went to university. Ooh. <laughs> but they know each other, and so Daphne and the Duke, they kind of can't stand each other. But Daphne is trying to get a suitor. Because her brother has ruined her chances of getting a good one because he chased them all away. Right. And the Duke has promised to never marry because of some stuff that happened with his dad. But long story short, he doesn't want to bear any children to end the family line. And so to do that, he's going to be the eternal bachelor. So he thinks. They strike up an agreement to act like they're courting. So she can get a better suitor. Right. She'll be more desirable because they're going to say, oh shit, you know, the Duke likes her. She must be good, good stuff. Right. And the Duke is now off the hook for trying to find a wife because he's he's courting. courting. And then the prince comes along. This beautiful prince. This He's amazing thing. such a sweet person. And he deserves happiness. Daphne could have done so well with this dude. If the prince isn't in another season, I'm going to be mad. Because the prince proposes. He actually proposes. And she's like... I can't. She's like, I'm in love with the dude. Yeah, it's, it's really rough to see because she could have been set for life with somebody who was like, I'll give you babies. And that's all she ever wanted. She was always well, raised... She- Thinking that that was what she was built for. To be fair. To be fair. She is kind of forced into picking the Duke because there is a scene where they make out in the garden and someone sees. And if they she, had to defend her honor. If she doesn't marry him, well, her brother and him are going to duel because the Duke doesn't want to get married. And she's like, no, I'm going to marry the Duke. Otherwise, things will go bad. And basically, the person that saw her wanted to marry the prince. But the prince was so heartbroken, he was like, fuck all these girls, I'm leaving. And just peaced out. I felt really bad for him. He seemed like a genuinely sweet dude. I didn't see any issues with him. He didn't have a Hans complex going on. Daphne didn't dislike him. She was just already in love with the duke. But then and the, the Duke had a, really likes Daphne, too. That's the thing, is that they like each other. He's just kind of stuck saying, well, I'm never going to get married, so you're shit out of luck. Yeah, he's also in love with her. Oh, yeah, for they sure. They have 
They burn for each other. They smolder. No, they literally say, I know. I burn for you. I know. It's tacky, I guess. Tacky. I guess it's a little romantic. You're just mad because... You... I, don't, I don't have script writers to make me say all the most romantic things. I was going to say you don't have hair or abs, but... Hey, uh... I have abs. They're somewhere under there. I ain't seen them in a long time. You gotta peel back the layers. I'm like an onion. Ogres are like onions. Fat, balding onions. You sure, you <laughs> sure look more like Shrek than the Duke. I'm just saying. Mm. But it's okay. Fiona loves Shrek. That's right. But I am an ogre. Okay, ogre. But Bridgerton overall is really fun because once uh, the Duke and Daphne actually do get married, it's on like Donkey Kong. And that has nothing to do with Game Over. Uh, there's a lot of sex. Very erotic scenes. Not all of it is... I don't know. There's there's a few sex scenes early on in the show that don't involve Daphne or the Duke. And they're still very erotic. But when they get married and they're on their honeymoon... You can tell they burn for each other. They on fire. But yeah. I do have to say, this show also highlighted something that I really appreciated. It talked about how women... Like, in this society... People of color are equal. Like, color doesn't matter. They are literally equal. Yeah, it is, it's done so well. I love that. But women are still treated like garbage. And it really kind of points out where we're going in a society as well. How one day, hopefully, people of color will be treated no differently than white people. But women will always women, be secondhand. Women will Second always be oppressed. Yes! Because Daphne's sister, whose name escapes me... She basically doesn't want to get married. Eloise. She wants to, like, write for a living. And she spends a lot of the show, like, being like, why do I have to come out on season next year? I don't want to get married. Blah, blah, blah. I want to find out who, who Lady Whistledown is. Can I just say, I won't spoil who it is, but I got it right. Also, can we say the queen is like the best character the on this show? The queen is the best character. I can't she has the we, best wigs. I can't believe we haven't talked about her until now. It's because she's not important to the plot. Not really. Only, she's in, just, and only in certain parts. She's just a great side character that kind of like spices things up. Because she's like obsessed with Whistledown. And she's like an absolute gossip queen. And she just loves the drama. And she has the cutest little dogs that she pampers. The queen is me. And the duke... No, is the, the prince is her... Nephew? Yeah. Okay. Something like that. The Duke isn't related to her, but... Well, not all ladies and Dukes No, are... what I'm saying is, like, but they are connected due to the, the whole monarchy... Yeah, they all talk to each other. Yeah. That's, like, a thing in high society. Right. I do feel really bad for the Queen. Her true love um, has dementia. Yeah. And it's really sad. It is. And there was definitely... Like, there was mostly funny scenes with her, but then when it would touch on stuff like that... It was just like, oh, that's just... Like, she kept being like, is he dead? Because, like, I mean, that's what happens. And when you th see it the first couple times, you're like, oh, haha, funny. But then you really see that she loves him so much. And he doesn't even know who she is. Yeah, and th there's a lot of things about the show that, like, come across as haha -ha for a second. But it's really tragic. Like, you know, the girl who tries... Doesn't she try to, like, get rid of the baby by poisoning herself? Yeah, like, that's really sad, but it's something that she has to do. Um, also, Daphne is never really given the birds and the bees talk. She's just always told that she w was meant to have babies, and that was it. She doesn't know why she has her monthly. She doesn't really know how babies are made. 
They don't, she, she doesn't know anything about sex. And she got married with zero knowledge of what was going to happen on the honeymoon. And unfortunately for her, the Duke is very gentle and kind and teaches her a lot. But yeah, she, he does. She doesn't even know why he pulls out. She didn't understand that he was trying to not have a baby. Because they don't have, they don't use condoms or anything in the right. show. Right, so he uses pull-out method 100% of the time. And she didn't know why. She thought it was normal. She thought that it might be, like, poisonous or something. Or like, it hurt or something. Yeah, she didn't know. But you can read it off as like, a, oh, <laughs> that's kind of funny. But really, it's just sad that like, then she they have, wasn't taught that. They have an emotional moment with her and her mom, and that it really just was like, oh, damn, this is... This is tough to watch. But overall, I can see why this was such a hit. Not just for the sex or anything, but the story is legitimately good. And the characters are amazing. And to see, like, so many different kinds of people represented on screen. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a really good wide cast. And even though color isn't an issue, sex still is. And your identity, like, if you're gay, is still a big thing. Right, like, because one of, one of the Bridgerton boys, he, he has been... He met a friend who is definitely into dudes. Right, but he's also married, which, you know, it kind of creates a... You know, is is she a beard or is it kind of an acknowledgement that they're he's bisexual? Like we don't really know. We don't know much about him, right? But I think that's part that's part of why I made you watch uh, that old Cinderella with Brandy and Whitney Houston because I wanted you to see that back then, back in the '90s when they made that, that was also they, race wasn't an issue, and in fact they they just, just cast people that were good for the parts, right? They just cast the people, and that created a lot of drama because it happened 20 years ago. And it didn't make any sense that a white mom, or a black mom and a white dad has an Asian son. Was really like, it threw it threw people off. But now it's like, oh, look at that. Like, well, I'm just saying. Mixed society. If you're going to cast a Prince Charming that has to sing, you shouldn't cast him to sing just because of the color of his cast parents. It's a Broadway thing, you know? Like, you should just cast the person that can do the best part. Like, it doesn't matter. Unless... Being that race is important to their character. Like, you can't have a character that's, you know, of a certain descent, and that's important to the story, and then cast them as a different one. If the character is raised in Vietnam, and that's important to the story, I don't think you should cast a person of Hispanic descent. That would be weird. Or yeah. a white person, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean white people. But yeah. I'm just saying. Scarlett Johansson is like, I am Vietnamese now. I don't really think that it's Scarlett Johansson's fault that she's cast as all those characters. But I still think it's really funny. I bet she's kind of embarrassed. Embarrassed all the way to the bank. I mean, she got paid. If you're going to be embarrassed, you might as well get paid to do it. Right, for sure. It's like, did you eat a bug? Yeah, for $10. So, the next show... I, I realized this. What? People have been waiting for almost an hour to listen to WandaVision, and we're still not to WandaVision yet. So, the the next show, I know this is the one everyone's been waiting for, is based on a comic book. Oh, which comic book? Uh, Resident Alien. Oh, damn it. It's a Dark Horse comic book, and can I say, this is probably <sighs> my new favorite show. You give us the old bait and switch. We all think you're going to talk about Marvel, and then you're like, Dark Horse! <laughs> this is my current favorite show, at least until uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier comes out. Because you're a Stan Stan? I love Sebastian, if you're listening, which you're not. <laughs> he is not listening to this fucking podcast. That's what I said. <laughs> I He's said, in his spare time in his trailer. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Hey, shout out. Cool. <laughs> let, me, let, me get, 
Let me DM this bitch. What's up, Brittany? <laughs> That's not gonna happen. Okay, but if it did, I would die. A fake Sebastian Stan messaged me. Hey, I'll... I, you would get catfish so hard. <laughs> no, he's like, okay, but I want to fly you out to meet me, but I'm gonna need your credit card information. Like yeah. that fake Beyonce online. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you are so dumb. But he needs this money first. Okay, Resident Alien. <laughs> Sorry. Whew. Distraction. Distractions. Sebastian Stan is a pretty good distraction. Shut though. up. So Resident Alan Tudyk, that's who your distraction is now. Alan Tudyk is also amazing. He is hilarious. He is the main character who is an alien who has come to destroy the entire, not the planet, but kill all humans, all life on the planet. Yeah. And, As aliens do sometimes. And he, in order to do so, his spaceship crashed because he was like shot out of the sky or something. So he has to find the parts to his spaceship and the parts to the like device that'll uh, kill all life on Earth. But so he ends up finding this cabin where a uh, lonely doctor's been living, and this is the guy who Alan Tudyk originally played. And the alien comes and murders him and shapeshifts into his likeness. To be fair. To be fair. The doctor did try to like attack him. And so he ends up spending the next couple months like trying to learn to be human. By watching Law and Order. Right, he watches Law and Order and he's trying to figure out how to eat, how to walk, how to do all the human things. It takes him a while to figure out how to sleep. Yeah, and he's still really struggling with it because he's not used to it. But uh, in the first episode, we find that there's been a murder of the town doctor nearby and they need someone to do the autopsy. And he's like, I am doctor. I can doctor. You know? <laughs> Because he, he doesn't know how to fucking talk to people, and that's the funniest thing. Well, is the only way he knows how to talk to people is the way they talk to people on Law & Order. Dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> it creates for some really hilarious moments. God. No, and, and that's the thing. is He is such a versatile, funny actor. He brings this story life. Like, without him or without a similar actor with his range, this would just flop so hard. Can we talk about his range? How he is uh, tuk-tuk in Raya? But also, hey, hey, in Moana. <laughs> wow. I wonder if he was in Frozen. There's a lot of good side characters. There's the, uh, you know, there's the head nurse at the doctor's office. And she has a whole side plot with her abusive ex and the daughter that she had to give up when she was a teenager. Um, he tries to date a girl and she's really high strung and funny and drunk. Um, who else? There's a kid. Oh, man. So... He hides his identity from everybody, and there's like a 0.01% chance that anybody will notice then him. he is in Frozen. He's the Duke of, Duke of Wesselton. Oh, I'm a monkey. That guy? Yeah, he's a peacock. He's a peacock. And then, remember in Zootopia, he's He plays he's Weaselton. Weaseltown, yeah. Weaseltown. God. So, yes, he is in everything. <laughs> God. Okay, anyway, back to it. There's like... Next to no chance that people will notice that he's an alien, that they can see through his mirage. It's a very rare condition. Right, but apparently there's a kid in town who can, and he's, like, always freaking the fuck out and screaming and putting up posters like Alien. And so, as a sensible alien does, Alan Tudyk uh, is constantly trying to kill him. Normally he either chickens out or it just doesn't work in his favor. But it's just so funny being like, I'm going to murder this kid. Yeah, well, he tries to... The bicycle thing. Yeah, he, like, cuts the brakes on this kid's bike. And but the kid only falls on a, sh a short way and not as far as Alan thought it would yeah. happen. 
you know, he hides under his bed and they end up going over to dinner over at their house and it's just a really fun dynamic with the kid trying to out the alien, the alien trying to kill the kid. All the while, Alan Tudyk is trying to retrieve these parts and the government's after him and his ex-wife, I guess technically the guy's current wife. Yeah, they're not divorced yet. But because he's been ignoring the divorce papers because he's an alien and, and he didn't did, he care. Didn't, he didn't know that there was divorce papers because he's just worrying about learning how to eat Cheerios. And so the wife shows up and she's like, we're going to start our life up again. And he doesn't know how to navigate that social circus. Like he yeah. doesn't know what he's doing. But all the while, there's all sorts of medical things happening, murders, finding bodies, and the sheriff, Big Black, he's hilarious. It's not his real name. They, he, he's trying to make the nickname work. I'm only perpetrating the nickname that he wants to work. Fair enough. And the deputy, she's like the brains of the operation. She's super good, but Big Black is always like, no, shut up and get me a coffee. Sheriff Mike, you mean? Big Black. All right. He, if he wants it to stick, people are going to have to use it. But he is a hilarious character. Meanwhile, the mayor of the town is the dad to the kid. And he is... He's, like, the nicest dude. Yeah. I'd say pure, but he's just kind of dumb. And so they finally bring in a new doctor. And that's where we're at currently in the story. He's he's trying to take over and... And at first, Alan Trudick's character, Harry, his name, uh, he hates the new doctor. He starts to like the new doctor, and then the new doctor's like, oh, Law and Order's bad. And he's like, I hate him. Yeah. And, like, ends up, like, breaking his arm in the bar. Yeah, they're arm wrestling. He pops his shoulder out of place. Yeah, that's what it is. Well, the alien's actually super duper strong. Like, that's one of his powers. Uh, or, I say powers. His physical attributes. I like that he is always talking about how he's the smartest uh, being in the universe. Because he doesn't know Earth's customs, he can't really, like... He does a lot of dumb things. Be smart. Well, like, he tries to date this girl, Darcy, and the bar the bartender, and, like... He ends up getting drunk. He does a lot of bad stuff. Yeah. But it's very funny, and like we said, it's based off a comic, so we thought you guys would like it. And I'm not saying that it's technically on sci-fi, so it's not really streaming, but you can stream it on the sci-fi app, so technically that counts, right? Oh, if you go on their app, they're like, watch Resident Alien, watch Resident Alien, like you... It's good! Like, I tried to watch something else on the app, and they were like, no, 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 you want to watch Resident Alien. But honestly, I agree with them. It's It's actually a really good show. We've always liked Alan Tudyk. But yeah, because he was in Tucker and Dale, and that's he's amazing. Well, there's a lot of things that he's been in, and we're like, yeah, he's in it. It's come to a point where if he's in, if he's tacked onto a project, Give we it a will shot. we will likely watch that thing. If we ever revisit the uh, the theme that we did last season about uh, actors that we like that are in movies we haven't seen, he is absolutely gonna have to be on that list. I mean, he's King Candy in Wreck It Ralph. He is. He's King Candy. Yeah. I love it. So great. So, I guess we should talk about WandaVision, right? I suppose so. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what they've been waiting it's to a little. It's a little known show on Disney+. Plus. Just finished. You may have heard of it. It disappointed everyone. If you've ever been on social media, it's been spoiled for you. I just want to say the last <laughs> episode was amazing. Mm. And this is going to be very spoiler heavy. Yeah. So I, I think most of the, the episodes were a banger, but let's be real. We're going to talk about the show in its entirety, so if you haven't seen any of it, this is your spoiler alert. Please tune out now. Yeah. Come back in a few hours when you, we watched it. Yeah, binge watch that shit, because it's worth it. Are you, are you done? Good. 
Agatha was it. Agatha, the whole time. Now, you've been spoiled. I only want to say that I had a couple disappointments, and then we'll get on to the really good stuff. But enough about your marriage. My One of my disappointments was they made this big deal about this astrophysicist that Monica was going to go talk to, and then that just never panned out. Like, they teased it. And Twice. Then, yeah. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, there's a guy I know. Like, they, like, kept teasing it like they were going to go meet someone, and then they didn't meet anyone important. Now, that part of this is because of the fans. Because you look at it, and it says, oh, she mentions an astrophysicist, and these are all the astrophysicists in the Marvel Universe, and oh, my God. And then she mentioned it again, and we're like, it's confirmed, when really it's just like... Well, my thing is, is that Marvel does that all the time, where they drop names, and they're like, and then later you see them. And so you thought that that was going to mean something, but then it didn't. Right. Like, I think they name-dropped Stephen Strange in Captain America the Winter Soldier. So we knew he was coming. But they didn't name-drop anyone specifically. But they made it seem like we were going to find someone. I know. And that's the same thing with Evan Peters uh, showing up in the show. Okay, I'm 100% not convinced that he's not Peter from... The X-Men. But they've already said that his name is Ralph Boner. Okay, but if you were Quicksilver from the un- X-Men universe, wouldn't you 100% make your witness protection name be Ralph Boner? Uh, no. I'd make it Dig- Dick Woody Boner. Um, well, maybe Jimmy Woo was like, no, we're not going to do that, but I'll let you keep the last name. So he's like, can I can I change it to uh, Peckerdale? <laughs> He's like, I want it to be Richard Boner. And he was like, how about Ralph? Yeah, they said, I guess so. So, basic story for those of you living under a rock. Wanda and Vision from the MCU are stuck in TV land. Because Wanda. Because Wanda had a nervous breakdown after Vision died. And she's trying to live her best life via Dick Van Dyke and Bewitched and the Brady Bunch and the like. Also, Wanda has had a horrible life up until now. Yes. Um, when she was little, her parents died. Yeah. Which, they were already living in Sokovia, which seemed like a pretty garbage place. And then a bomb didn't go off, but thanks, Tony Stark. Um. And then her brother dies. Yeah, thanks, Hawkeye. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that was Ultron, but Mm -hmm. go off. Yeah. And then the love of her life died. Thanks, Thanos. And everyone else had five years to grieve it, but then she came back to life, had to deal with the fact that he was gone. And not only that, but she wasn't even allowed to bury his body. Yeah, and it it really broke her. And so she creates this world where her mind creates but TV world. But she didn't even know she was doing it. Yeah, she just kind of like did it. And she lived it and she liked it. She liked having her own, you know, stay-at-home dad vision. And children? Mm-hmm. She creates vision out, or children out of nothing. They, and a dog. They and... are definitely from the comics, which is nice. But Disney couldn't let her have that. So at the end of episode nine, her and Agatha battle it out. Meanwhile, Vision is battling White Vision, which no, was... No, you gotta rewind. Okay. Okay. The nosy neighbor, Agnes, who is basically... I forgot where we left off last time. Yeah, but she's she's been in it the whole time. She was kind of fucking shit up. And then in episode seven, there's this total banger of a theme song, Agatha All Along, and it's going to be number one on the charts for sure. Apparently, she's a witch from like 300 years ago in the Salem Witch Trials, and she absorbs magic. And so she's in town, and she's like, uh, Wanda, I'm here to absorb your magic. She's here to take yo magic. Yo magic. Can I just 
say the commercials in this are really fun and full of Easter eggs. But and I'm sad they stopped doing That's it. one of the, my favorite things of the show is like they they tell you things about what's happening They're, kind of subtly through the commercials. Right. It's a really nice touch from the, from the creators of the show. But anyway, Agnes reveals that she's Agatha Harkness, this, this really old witch. And apparently uh, Wanda is someone known as the Scarlet Witch who was a, uh, a chaos magic wielding woman who is stronger mo- than the Sorcerer Supreme. Name drop. So and wouldn't you expect to see the Sorcerer Supreme? Nope. They call him Pietro because he's fake Pietro. That's part of what Agatha does is she actually brings in a fake version of Pietro to be the stand-in brother for the whole sitcom. And there's a whole Halloween episode where he plays Quicksilver and it is so fun. It's great. And then they just kind of like chop you off at the knees and they're like, just kidding. His name is Boner. Ha ha. But where does his speed come from? And why is he in the house with all the paperwork describing him? And why is he wearing the same jacket from the X-Men movies? And that's and, where that's where we're going to roll into the outside world. And why does Tommy have this almost exact same outfit as Quicksilver wore in one of the X-Men movies? I'm just saying. This is where we backtrack over to the sword side of things. Long story short, Monica is now grown up from Captain Marvel back in the 90s. You remember like three years ago? Mm-hmm. So she's already grown up and she's been working under... We talked about her in the last episode. Right. She's been she's been doing S.W.O.R.D., which is the Sentient Weapons Observation and Research Division. And she gets called into a, a job by Jimmy Woo, who's still working with the FBI, which is a reference back to Ant-Man and the Wasp. He knows magic now. Mm-hmm. And he says, hey... Westview disappeared, and that's how they get lumped into it. Because he's looking for his witness protection mm-hmm. guy. And when Monica disappears into the hex, which is kind of what this world is called, uh, they pull in all these scientists from around the world, including Darcy Lewis, who was from Thor, played by Kat Dennings. And so we have all these side characters who are teaming up to try to figure out what's happening. They end up being very integral to solving the case, right? To try to get Wanda and Vision out of there. Right. The reason Sword is important because, as you mentioned, Hayward, he had Vision's body and they were trying to get it back online. Mm-hmm. Right? But Hayward didn't know what he was doing. Right. And so they ended up getting a little bit of Wanda's magic and putting that into Vision's body, which created kind of a lifeless husk version. But Hayward told everyone that Wanda stole Vision's body. Yeah, because he's a dickhole. And so when all the magic goes into Vision's body, it creates this white version of Vision, kind of like this pasty, color-drained-out killing machine. White Vision. White Vision. He gets unleashed into the Hex, and so the last episode involves Agatha and Wanda fighting it out, the two Visions fighting it out, and... They uh, don't really fight much. And Sword ends up coming in through a crack in the Hex, and so... Oh, yeah, and uh, Monica has powers now. Oh, yeah! Uh, she becomes... Uh, Photon. S- Photon, or Spectrum, or... We don't know what her name's going to be. We don't know yet, but we know that she is totally on a different wavelength. That's a, she that's a joke. She can absorb energy and... She, she can phase through... The right. things can phase through her. But she she is very, very powerful in the comics, and I'm really excited to see where that growth happens. It doesn't really happen in this story. But I think they are building up to Captain Marvel being where she really mm-hmm. learns how to use her powers. Yeah, they gave her an origin, and that's how far they wanted to go in this. And I think... Over the next few appearances, whether that be in shows or movies, she's really going to power up and be a big player in the MCU. Overall, 
Give me your thoughts. What did you like? What did you not like? What would you change? Well, I told you I didn't like the fact that they teased so many things that didn't pan out. Like, there were just a lot of teases. And maybe it's going to pan out in the future. But the astrophysicist thing was the biggest to me because it acted like they were literally going to see him and then there was no... Well, I guess we don't know it's a... But she calls him her guy, which I... So I assumed it was a dude. Right, because the two main theories on that is either going to be Reed Richards, who's obviously Fantastic Four, and we know that Fantastic Four is going to happen in the future. I don't future. think that's how they would introduce Fantastic Four, though. Or there, or it's a guy named Blue Marvel. I really thought that's who it was going to be. And he is a well-known astrophysicist. He He's a very cosmic character, very powerful, and he's a member of the Ultimates with Monica Rambeau. So I thought that made the most sense. That was the most disappointing thing to me, because I felt like that was something that they could have easily just had a guy that had the same name and... You know, maybe they could have recast him later if they didn't like him, but... Yeah. For me, it was the ambiguous nature of Quicksilver, because you know me, I'm a really big Fox uh, fan, and even though most of it can scrap, I will agree that the Deadpool side of things and Quicksilver were some of the best part of the Fox X-Men. But I think that that's still going to pan out. No, I just, I I hate that, like I said, I hate the ambiguous nature of it. I'm not saying that it's not going to happen, but the fact that we don't know where it's going... All I'm saying is... Makes by, me, like, upset. By the time Doctor <laughs> Strange is out, if we still don't know who he is, and we still haven't confirmed that he is, like, Quicksilver from another universe, I'm going to be pissed. And it was cruel, because there was news that came out, like, the week of, that said they want to call the, the first X-Men movie The Mutants. And so they were literally like, hey, there's going to be X-Men. There's X-Men news. And then the one X-Men that they kind of have in the, maybe, maybe not have in the MCU, they call him Ralph Boner. But, but that, that could be a red herring. That could know, be kind of a... This would be a good way for them to get rid of the Fox universe and only keep the characters that they want is that they had to leave their universe because it was like... Like exploding it was, or it something. It was cracked open by the multiverse. It and, explodes or something. And that actually does happen in the comics. There is a there is the Secret Wars back in the 1980s, but there was a more recent Secret War with Doctor Doom, and it was a huge multiversal thing. And at the end, it kind of cracked reality, and it all had to become one world. And so they kind of had to pick and choose pieces from the multiverse. To fit into this new world. And that could be how they introduced the Fantastic Four. And that's how Miles X-Men, Morales is in the same universe. Because Miles Peter Morales. Parker. Right, he was originally in the Ultimate Universe. Miles Morales was. But now he is concurrent with Peter Parker and the rest of the Spider Folks on this Earth, or the 616, because Secret Wars brought them together. Hmm. So this I multiverse think thing might do that. What, the, what will happen is that. I mean, and all these are just theories, obviously, that some of the universes will be destroyed, and so we will keep in our universe those heroes, like Fantastic Four, X-Men. Mm-hmm. Their universes are gone. Yeah. But not all universes, because so, I don't think, obviously, I don't think we're going to have four Spider-Mans running around. Maybe in the new Spider-Man movie. Not permanently. Not permanently, but maybe, uh, maybe for quick cameos and things. But uh, speaking of pulling... Not according to Tom Holland. Speaking of pulling in new characters, though, there was also a lot of discussion about the villains in this. People were not convinced that Agatha Harkness was the only thing. They thought someone was behind her, whether that was Nightmare or Mephisto or some other one of the many magical characters. We don't know why Agatha was here. 
It never explains why she's here. Right, but she is in the hex and she does make things happen. How did she get in? But she doesn't she doesn't really explain that either. Like she She's clearly not just randomly living in Westview. Yeah. Like she came here on purpose. Yeah. But how did she, she we don't see her in the first episode, how, do we? Yeah, we do. We did? How about how does she sneak in unnoticed and when and how? Because she clearly doesn't have the power to do that. Right. So there has to be something that got her there. And I hope they explore that more. I hope um, that that's where the secondary villain comes in. But the fact that that's our really really our only complaint is the fact that we wanted more. They only had so much time. Exactly. Like our big complaint is that we we were hungry for more. Um, what did you like about it? I mean, I loved Elizabeth Olsen's range and the God. acting capability. No, the the whole main cast, uh, Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen, Catherine Hahn, those three, and the side characters like, uh, you know, Darcy, Wu, uh, Monica. I would die for Jimmy Wu. They did so well. I love Jimmy. They did so well. If Jimmy's not the new head of S.W.O.R.D. and next to Monica... And I don't know what they're even doing. They should right. be. He's he's wasted on the FBI. They Fuck sh- the FBI. They should be co-leaders. He mans the Earth Division, and she mans space. Because in the comics, Wu is actually in charge of Agents of Atlas, which is another team on. Do you think Earth. they're setting him up to? Ma- eh, I don't know. Maybe. But That's def- hard to say. I definitely think they're setting Jimmy Wu up to do bigger and better things. Yeah, I'm hoping that Randall Park really has more roles in the MCU because he's he's a gem. I mean, I liked and hated how much pain Wanda's just put through. So she's lost everyone. So she creates a universe where she has a family. And then they're at the end, they're like, well, that's not real. That has to go. Fuck them kids. And she has to say goodbye to her kids and goodbye to Vision and goodbye to her nice house. Uh, I love the dialogue of Vision. He has some of the most heartfelt moments. And I'm sure you've seen memes of it online. Right? There's the one about what is grief if not love persevering. Beautiful line delivery. Also, um, the whole discussion about the ship of These- uh, Theseus. No. I don't know. I didn't understand that. It was three in the morning. and uh... Yeah. No, but I mean, I always heard it as an analogy where, you know, you build a, you buy a new car, you rebuild that new car from scratch piece by piece. Is it still the same Corvette you bought 20 years ago? If every single piece is changed yeah. out. And the ship of Theseus is essentially that that metaphor, only much older, saying if all the wood rots and you have to replace it with bigger, better stuff over time, is it still the same ship at the end that it was? There's a lot of build-up and not a whole lot of action moving in. But the last episode, it's full of action and explosions and big fight scenes and great. But Vision, at the end, he wins by being like, but who are you? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> and, then, and then Vision's like, oh my god. What have I become? And he just, like, shoots off into and the galaxy. Leaves. He just leaves, and no one knows where he is. Obviously, we're going to see more of him. That white boy just went AWOL after uh, having an identity crisis. Damn, they really made Paul what, Paul Bettany white. Like, they could not have made him whiter. Yeah, he is pasty. I think my favorite thing to come of this is how Paul Bettany trolled everyone. Yes. So what he, an asshole. <laughs> I thought that was funny. It is, but what an asshole. He was like... He thought this would be a funny British joke. No, okay. He said, like, in episode five or six, he was like, oh, you know, there's still one huge cameo. No, it was earlier than no, that. But he was saying there's still one uh, character coming through, and it's an actor that I've always wanted to work with because he's brilliant. And he meant himself. Because he's an asshole. No, it's, <laughs> it's because he's British, and he uh, thought that would be funny. Cause... Uh, 
No, he trolled us. He trolled everybody. British people have funny senses of humor. Have you ever seen a British comedy? They're different. They're built different. He's he, he is funny though, and and like I said, the the range of the actors in this is great, and I love. People didn't like the early episodes, but I really loved how kind of uh, jokey and old fashioned they were. They don't replicate the TV shows exactly, but they clearly pull from certain things, right? You have Malcolm in the Middle. But yes, yeah, basically all the early episodes are about her sitcoms that she watched as a child and her kind of replicating that and the <laughs> humor. And that's basically what she turned to when she was grieving. And then her powers like rip it up and mix it around and evolve it per the decade. For funsies. Do you think that... When she got to modern, eventually, if it just kept going, she would have just started over. Yeah. And gone back to black and white again. I think she would have rewound. That would have been kind of cool. Yeah. And she kind of did at the end there, too. Like, it kind of flashes between the different decades and shows and stuff. I don't want to say it was perfect, because obviously there were some things that I would change. But this this was fantastic. This was a really, really fun show. And the one no, thing... Mr. Fantastic wasn't in it. Shut up. My okay, God. why is he Mr. Fantastic, not Dr. Fantastic? Because doctors were villains at the time. Dr. Doom? Dr. Doom. Dr. Nemesis. Dr. Fate. Dr. Fate is is a good guy, but... Dr. Strange? That's not the point. They made him Mr. Fantastic because Stanley didn't have as much, like... Because he was the... Fa- they were the family. They were the Fantastic Four, and he was the patriarch of the Fantastic Family, so... The show itself went off about as well as one could hope, I think. It Except was, for all the fans complaining. It was extremely well. And that's that's another thing. I should not have had to wake up at 3 a.m. in order to not get spoiled. And there are some people online who shall remain, who shall remain nameless who say that if you don't want to get spoiled, you stay off the computer, you stay off of social media. You mean your wife? I said that. No, not you. But yes, you too. They say absolutely just don't get on the internet and i'm sorry but i should not have to change the way i do things because you can't keep your mouth shut on what happened on okay, a show but you they released three hours ago you can only control yourself you can't control them what an asshole you have no self-control i said just literally have to wait off social media just twitter because facebook didn't have any spoilers Literally just Twitter. Who goes on Facebook? Instagram didn't have spoilers. <sighs> I'm sure Snapchat didn't. I don't didn't... have any friends on Instagram. TikTok. I'm sure none of those. I don't give a shit about TikTok. Twitter is the worst for spoilers and you know it and you, you can't stay off of it. Because it's where I get all my news. He's at work. He shouldn't be I... on Twitter. Uh... Not if you don't want to get spoiled. It's one day a week where you don't have to get on. I know, but. What are you going to do when Falcon and Winter Soldier comes out? Die. Because I'm going to be waking up at 3 a.m. And there are longer episodes. Yeah, I know. I don't go to sleep till like 4.30 anyway after watching this stupid episode So you won't morning. go to sleep till 5. I'm not going to sleep at all. I'm going to drink a cup of coffee and go to work. He makes me stay up until the episode. I, I don't make you stay up. You stay up because you want to stay up. You no, always stay up. Not that late. He yeah. makes me stay up extra late so that I can wake him up exactly when the episode comes out. And he makes me prepare snacks. You act like I'm like, you know, I'm a cracker. What? No, you're not in a barrel. I feel like I'm in prison. Because you can't get on Twitter for a day? I know. I can't do it. It's too hard. You could just play games on your phone instead of getting on Twitter. I do that too. How I long is a, your lunch break? I have a problem. I go whole days without touching my phone. 
Shit. Other than your calls on the way home. Yeah, well. I think there needs to be kind of a general rule that, that you shouldn't speak about something that just came out until at least someone's had a chance to watch it the night, right? Like, give them until the, that evening. If they haven't been able to watch it by the time evening rolls around, you're okay. Please, give us a day. Give us a weekend. Something. When a new movie drops, don't just say, Thanos kills them all. Like, you know what Twitter should come up with? There should be a button that you can push when you tweet. When you want to block somebody else that exists. No, no, no. <laughs> when you push the button, you can be like, my tweet has spoilers. And you push the button. You can turn spoilers on and off. That is fucking brilliant. You know what I mean? Like, on your device, you can put spoilers on, spoilers off. And anytime you tweet, you can push spoiler or not. And then other people can mark tweets as spoiler. And so if it spoils it, somebody else goes in and they're like... This is a spoiler. Right. And they, and it doesn't, you know, hurt the tweeter or anything. It just hides it from people that have spoilers off. All right, I will take my check now for inventing that wonderful feature, please, and thank you. They can't even figure out an edit button. I'm pretty sure you're not getting shit. My Instagram handle is booknerd528. Um, our email address is realromancepod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so feel free to shoot me a message. Yeah, and our Twitter is at uh, Real Romance UCPN, at Real Romance on TikTok and Instagram. I'm at Bamfing Bob on Twitter. This has been a, an exceptionally long, but I think fully entertaining episode of Real Romance Couch Potato. It's okay. They all skipped to Bridgerton anyway. I think they skipped to WandaVision. You think? Yeah. I don't know. They might have liked Resident Alien. Yeah. It's a comic. No, because, like, I'm pretty sure that if. People wanted to skip. They would have. So if you if you skipped ahead, you missed the part in the middle where we talk about the uh, Black Widow movie we got to see in advance. Ah. <laughs> Watch those people that did skip be like, "What?" and then go back nah, they, before they, they listen. They know we're full of shit. I mean, some reviewers do get to see stuff early. Not that early. I don't think they would trust us because we can't keep our mouth shut. Actually, a lot of reviewers do see stuff early and then you have to sign a certain... An NDA. And that you can't put it out until the X amount date. Yeah, another... It's I think it's called a review embargo. Something like that. Yeah. But we really appreciate you listening to us. And on the next episode, it's actually going to be the theme mini. And we're going to discuss changes to original works to bend the genre or the flavor of movies like so modern fairy tale retelling type thing but not just like you know retelling it's like where they totally turn it on its head um we're going to be talking about things like oh brother where art thou and uh treasure planet spirited away mm-hmm. uh we're currently watching a movie called freeway which is all about little red riding hood well, not um, like right this second currently, but yes. yeah. But there are so many movies that have changed the source material into something completely different. And so we kind of want to explore that. So please tune in. I think, what is that coming out next week or the week after? No, next Friday. Okay. Yeah. Because sure we skipped you... a week, remember? Right. So make sure you tune in next Friday for that episode. And we really look forward to it because we love having you listen. Well, that's what we got for you today, guys. All right. Well, if we, uh, we don't hear from you until next time, make sure you, uh, Share us, review us, love us, and overall, keep it real. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Romance Season 3. Remember to follow us on all of our social media accounts and our affiliates at Undercover Capes Podcast Network and Comic Crusaders.